Today on Sports Card Investor, ways you can sell your cards other than eBay to save transaction fees and maximize your profits. My name is Jeff Wilson. By day, I invest in tech companies. And at night, I invest in sports cards. Join me on my journey to profit from the hobby we all love. Sports Card Investors, and welcome to another episode. And today's episode is important because if you are selling cards, which as an investor, you need to sell your cards from time to time to make sure that you can recoup your money, make your profits, put them into other investments. So you need to be good at selling your cards. And when people think about selling cards, a lot of times people think about eBay. And eBay is a great place to sell certain types of cards, such as higher dollar cards. But eBay is not the only place to sell cards. And eBay is sometimes not a great place to sell cards, particularly if you're talking about lower dollar cards. Or even with higher dollar cards, you may not want to pay the fees and the fees at eBay add up. The transaction fees, the processing fee for payments. I mean, you can get into double digits with those fees. It can get pretty pricey. So what if there were some ways that you could sell your cards, avoid some of the hassle with eBay or save some of the fees or both? There are some good alternatives, and that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. And for today's episode, I am bringing on a special guest. His name is Adam Shear. He's been buying and selling sports cards for many, many years. He has sold thousands and thousands and thousands of cards on alternate platforms like Facebook groups, like ComC, and even selling at card shows. And we're gonna talk about all of those things today and the pros and cons of various ways you can sell cards. So without further ado, please welcome Adam to the show. All right, Adam, welcome to Sports Card Investor. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me, man. I've been uh, following your podcast and your YouTube videos for a while now. So it's really exciting to be involved in this with you. Well, I'm excited to have you here. I know you've got a lot of experience selling cards in alternative ways to eBay. And that's something that I know my audience is going to be interested in hearing about because eBay is not the right solution for every type of card, particularly less expensive cards. eBay is often not a great solution for. Um, and you've been in the hobby a long time. How long have you been collecting for? Well, I'm 30 years old now. My very first cards were given to me on the day I was born. So <laughs> 30 years, my, my first cards ever, I was given a 1989 Donruss baseball set from my dad, which had the King Griffey Jr. rookie card in it. And, you know, once I was old enough to realize what that was, my brothers are both about 10 and 12 years older than me. So they were already really into it. And I kind of latched onto Griffey when I was three or four years old, really young, no real reason other than I was left-handed. Um, and obviously, you know, he's one of the best left-handed players of all time. And then from there, kind of went through cards, did sports for a while, then Pokemon, then Yu-Gi-Oh, and then back to sports. So, you know, cards have, have been a major part of my life for, for 30 years, more or less. Yeah. And so as part of this, you've done obviously a lot of buying and selling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I remember, I remember like the days of eBay when like you, you wouldn't, you didn't have a digital camera. So you would go on and you would try and find someone who did and you would find a picture that resembled your card the most closely and list your card on eBay using like a 
basically a generic stock image to sell, you know, like a McGuire rookie or something in 98 when those things were hundreds of dollars a piece. And I remember like working with my brothers to sell some of their stuff then. And like, I had some bonds rookies that I had, you know, in what was that 2001 that he broke the record, something around there. Right. So I, you know, I've been doing it for a really long time. And, and even in the dark ages of like when eBay was an infant essentially. Yeah, that would, that would, uh, the using somebody else's photo for a raw card wouldn't, fl wouldn't fly as well today. Wouldn't fly as well today. Oh, no, could you imagine like if someone did that with like a Zion silver and then you got one of those Uber offsetting <laughs> ones, like you would, oh my God, you would have 0% feedback. Yeah. Your, your, your eBay dispute would be opened up in about two seconds. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, we were talking and, you know, we were talking a little bit about the the types of cards that are, are good to sell on eBay, but then the types of cards that aren't good to sell on eBay. So give me a little bit more about your experience uh, and what you've seen there. So, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who, and I've kind of cut back on it, but I used to, especially with the prices now, but I used to open a lot of boxes and packs and, and I found myself, you know, stockpiling, you know, the, the dollar, $2 prism rookie card type cards and, you know, just parallels of guys that, you know, might be worth a buck or two on eBay. And I was, I was doing the, the 99 cent listings. And after a while, um, you know, I, I just, I just started to feel like, man, what am I doing this for? Like, it's great to get that dollar back. You, you want to have return on your investment, especially when you get creamed on a box that costs you, you know, $200 and you might have $30 worth of cards from it. But after a while, I was just like, I just, I can't keep like doing this and shipping to all these different people. So that's about the time that I came across Facebook and learned about, you know, all these groups that were out there where people were running what's, you know, known in the hobby as a fire sale, which is essentially you kind of take like a generic photo and you're like, hey, tonight at five o'clock, I'm going to have a sale. And then in the comments, you slowly post card by card, or you might post like an entire like page of nine cards and say 25 cents a piece. And then you can kind of start piling up those so that people in almost a card show format can get a lot of cards from you at one time, but you're also not shipping, you know, 99, 99 cent cards off to, you know, a hundred different people around the country. It's, it's a lot easier way to kind of rid yourself of some of that stuff. And, you know, guys like deals at the end of the day. So if they feel like, you know, looking back, let's say like when Prism came out, right? Like I was selling, man and it's embarrassing now to think about it but like say doom boy at cards right like he was a dollar rookie card nobody really knew a lot about him granted his value has dropped but those got up to being about six seven dollars eight dollars a piece and i was selling them for like 50 cents a dollar a pop so you know guys like to look for deals in those and i'm somebody who also you know will do that on occasion it's just a really good method and instead of having to deal with the headache that can be presented from ebay especially when you're talking about the thing I started to realize when you sell a card for 99 cents, you sell it for a dollar, but you paid 30 cents to list it. Then you get charged 35 cents for that PayPal processing fee. And then on top of that, you have to pay 10%. Well, 10% off of a dollar is takes you down to 90 cents. And then you take another 65 cents off that just in the generic fees that you're paying. And all of a sudden you're taking home a quarter what are you doing right congratulations a quarter you 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 bought yourself a job for a quarter because you literally you get you still got to package it up you still gotta 
you know, get it to the post office and handle handle disputes if the person wants to return it or if they say they didn't get it or it, definitely not worth it for a quarter. In today's world with eBay, you know, so many people are invested in this world now where we're all grading and flipping, right? Like a lot of people like to find those raw cards that they just look really nice and centered and the pictures look like the corners are sharp. I know you kind of talked about this with your Alonzo Ball cards when you, you know, were first getting into it and didn't know like how much centering meant and all that kind of stuff. But people are doing that now. So the slightest little surface scratch, the slightest little ding on a corner, people will open a dispute and all of a sudden it's like, well, why, are you, why are you wasting your time? So right. it's nice to go on Facebook. You know, people when, they, when they're paying a little bit less maybe than what an eBay auction goes for, but still more actually than what you would get on the eBay end of things. It's just, you know, it's a lot more beneficial situation. Um, you do have to kind of build your rapport in a lot of those groups, you know, expediency with sending stuff on, in a timely manner, making sure that your cards are well packed so that, you know, you, you don't, you know, burn people and, and have them be like, well, this guy sold me all this stuff, but, you know, it came in like a cereal box or something, I, something ridiculous, right? So it is important to still have really good standards of customer service. But at the same time, it's uh, people are more understanding in those because they know they're talking to a real person. Your name's associated with it. It's not like you're just talking to like my name on eBay is like SSS Sigs, and like people treat you like you're a robot. And it's nice on Facebook because there is that human understanding. I, I think sometimes where maybe you had a rough week at work and you know you weren't able to get to the post office on time or something like that. So it, it's a lot better method in my eyes as far as getting stuff out into the public and. Also still getting some return on, on what you have in your collection. So at what price point would you sell on eBay? And at what price point would you sell in an alternate method like the Facebook groups? So I, I typically anymore, um, I've built enough of a rapport that I will try Facebook first if I can have proper comps. So let's say even a card was a thousand dollars and I know, okay, I'll put that on eBay. If I get a grant for it, it's really like I'm getting $870 sure. after 13%. So I might throw it on Facebook and be like, look, I'll sell this to you for $900. I'm still making $30 more than I would on eBay. If nobody takes it, okay, I'll go the eBay route. So anymore, I kind of go that way first. The problem with Facebook is unlike eBay, it's a lot harder to search for certain things you're looking for, right? So you can go in these groups and they all have search options, but it's not like you're actively pursuing those. At least most people don't treat a Facebook group search the same way they treat an eBay search. And sometimes maybe you can't find that Zion PSA 10 card number 248 from Prism, you know, in a Facebook group, the way that it's a lot easier to type that in on eBay and know it's going to come up the right way. Some people just post stuff and they're just like Zion, you know, Jim Bent, PSA rookie. And like, that's not a proper title. It doesn't really make it easy to search. So in a lot of ways, eBay's still the king. In some ways, you know, if, you, if you've got enough people who are following you on Facebook, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who all accepts basically any friend request. I don't really have like some crazy lavish life that I don't want people to see my pictures of me and my dog or whatever. So <laughs> I'm, I'm totally cool adding people who buy stuff from me. Um, so like, you know, they get a push alert if I post something in a group, but it's, it's still a shot in the dark at the end of the day in a lot of ways to post something there, but it works every once in a while. So it's normally my first go-to because it's simple. You take a picture, you put it up, you say, here's the price. And then 
you know, maybe somebody messages you. I get it about 24 hours. If I haven't gotten anything, then it goes on eBay. Right. Now, how do you protect yourself on Facebook? Do you use PayPal? Do you use the, you know, goods and services transactions when you're doing that with people? I guess that would be more from the buying side rather than, I guess, as the seller doesn't really care. If you get the money, you get the money, right? (laughs) Exactly. So you have to be, as a buyer, you have to be incredibly cautious. I used to actually help moderate a group called Basketball Cards Buy, Sell, Trade. It's one of the biggest Facebook groups out there. I took a step back because it was just really time consuming to be a part of that moderating group. But we had guys contacting us all the time. Hey, man, I got scammed. Hey, man, this guy scammed me. And, and we're not talking about small deals. We're talking about people buying things like Luka Doncic autographs, thinking they spent 200 bucks for a $250 card, but they paid friends and family. And the card, like you could see on the post, it shouldn't have. Part of the problem with some of the groups is they don't have an approval process. Now, in that group, we did, and you, but you can only protect yourself so much. Like nameplating something is kind of a standard on Facebook, where it shows that you have some sort of ownership of a card. You write your name on a piece of paper. You might write today's date. That way, people understand that you own that card. But just because you own that card, if you're charging somebody friends and family, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to come through on your end of the deal. So you have to be protective of yourself. And any deal that I do, I make it a point to send goods and services. I will send someone 3% more money to make sure that I'm protected as far as getting it on my end. It's that important to me. I'm not going to let somebody just scam me out of a couple hundred bucks. So on Facebook, it's, it is an unfortunate part of the truth. I mean, sure, there's a name, but like there's not a feedback score. So you have to, you know, understand that you are doing business with somebody that, that could end up taking your money. And it's an unfortunate part of it. But, you know, it happens not only with sports cards, but people deal with that all the time on, you know, just regular marketplace. They might pay somebody in advance to go pick up a couch and that person doesn't show up. So... Yeah. So just, and just to make sure everybody out there understands what, what we're saying is that if you're buying a card off of eBay and you're going to pay someone via PayPal, whenever you send money via PayPal, it gives you two options. You can either send it to a friend or family member, or you can send it as if you were paying for goods or services. If you send it as if you're paying for goods or services, you get buyer protection, which means that if you don't get the card or there's some sort of issue, you can open up a dispute with PayPal and ask for and ask for that money back. If you send it friends and family, you get no buyer protection. There is zero, zero recourse, zero recourse. Now, a lot of sellers will ask you to send it friends and family because that prevents them from being charged a fee. If you send it goods and services, there's a transaction fee that hits the transaction that the seller that the, that comes out of the money of the seller that they that they recover. However, it's it sounds like it's your strong suggestion, Adam, as well as my strong suggestion that if a seller asks you who you don't know, a seller who you don't know asks you to send money, friends and family, you do not do it because it it, it takes away any resource, any recourse. You've got to send it, you know, goods and services uh, so that you have that recourse. Exactly. And that's where I go back to if somebody is like that insistent that they get, let's say, $1,000 for their card, right? I would rather send them $1,030 and know that that 3% is there, you know, as a goods and services transaction and have that peace of mind than worry about, you know, whether or not they're going to come through on their end of the deal. It's just not worth it, you know, because you really can put yourself in a bind. Not everybody who's in this hobby can afford to buy something for a couple hundred bucks. So make sure you're protected when you do. Sure. 
So for folks out there who are interested in getting involved in some Facebook groups to buy and sell, are there a few public ones that are great places for people to start? How do you recommend people find groups? So I'm mostly a basketball card collector. My favorite group as far as selling and buying basketball cards is called NBA Hotspot. I think there might be a privacy setting on it. I can't remember if it's public or not. It's been five, six years since I joined it. But I can tell you that it is an international group. So you still get that same international audience if you're buying and selling on there. And the other thing about it is there's usually some sort of verification. They actually do kind of track feedback in a certain part of that, that group page. So you can kind of get an idea if you're dealing with somebody who's got a good track record or not, or if they just don't have one at all. And it's just one of my favorite groups out there. There's also a group um, that I used to be a part of called NBA Showcase that's pretty good. And then again, like I said, the, the group that I was with for a long time, uh, it's called Basketball Cards Buy, Sell, Trade. Um, that's a pretty public group as well. So there's a lot of outlets. My recommendation would simply just be literally type in like basketball card collectors or football card collectors or baseball card collectors. There's several groups out there that have a couple thousand people in them, which I mean, that's your target audience, right? So as long as you're in one where there's a good amount of people, you, you're increasing your odds of selling your card off of eBay and avoiding some of those fees and the headaches that come with those transactions. And I will uh, give a shout out to my Discord chat server. While we, I have a Facebook group, a sports card investor Facebook group, I do not allow buy, sell, trade in that group because I want to keep the conversation specific to sports card investing. And obviously, if you get a lot of buy, sell, trade, that will flood the timeline real quick. Um, but on the Discord chat server, we have a buy, sell, trade channel that's very popular. And a lot of people have made a lot of really good transactions through our Discord chat server. It's totally free to join. And if you go to sportscardinvestor.com and click at disc, click on Discord in the main menu link, you'll find yourself uh, able to register for free for the Discord chat server. Go right in, find the buy, sell, trade channel, and, and you can connect with people through there. Yeah, you, you know, I've been in your group before and there, there are some people who are willing to sell, you know, below eBay value. So mm -hmm. sometimes for me, if I'm going to buy something off eBay, I don't expect somebody to chop off that entire 13%. Like there's a reason they're trying to sell off eBay. They're trying to avoid that fee. So typically, you know, I'm a person who's willing to offer like, okay, I'm not going to pay you full price, but what about 7% off of sure. what that card's worth? And a lot of people, you know, they're like, sure, like that's still more money than I get for it on eBay. So it's a, it's a lot better way to sell. And like I said, your, your Discord channel does have a lot of guys who are willing to make deals. So. So another alternative to Facebook groups that I know you have a lot of experience with is ComC. ComC.com. ComC stands for Check Out My Cards. Um, I, I happen to know the owner of ComC, Tim, uh, the founder of ComC. He's a great guy, real good dude. Um, very, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, polished and honest business person. So, uh, com, you know, com, I trust a lot of ComC. I trust on what they're doing. Um, and I think that he's got a great eye for the future. I know you've had a lot of success. So tell us more about your ComC experience, what you sell on there, et cetera. So, yeah, again, going back to, you know, I'm somebody who was opening a lot of boxes and packs and all of a sudden those stacks became boxes and those boxes became multiple boxes. And I was just like, what am I going to do? So, you know, you, you swallow your pride and you pay 30 cents a card to put them on there. But man, you wouldn't believe as long as you're fair on ComC, you can move that stuff at a pretty decent rate. So, you know, just for example, this is a box. This is a 6,000 or 600 count box that I'm going to be sending off this week. And you're talking about 
just having cards that you know you might not want to take the time for on eBay, like a you know custom Herod Bowman Sterling rookie. Okay, maybe it's two bucks on eBay. I don't really want to deal with that time and effort. I'll send it to them. I'll pay that same 30 cents. They'll put it on there. And within a day, as long as my price is fair, it's probably going to be sold and moved into somebody else's currency account. So, I mean, you're talking about all kinds of stuff like, you know, Nikhil Harry, Red Ice, Prism Rookie. Again, maybe it's worth 10, but still, like, I'd rather just have the peace of mind that I'm not the one putting in the time to move that card myself and, and waste the time, you know, that I could be spending with my family or my dog. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a lot more beneficial to me personally. You're still paying the same 30 cents to put a card on online. And the nice thing about ComC is your card still ends up on eBay. As long as it lasts long enough, at least it will end up on eBay. If somebody doesn't snag it before they get to the point that they post it. The other thing is, yes, there is a 10% cash out fee but if you're paying 10 percent to ebay it's the same thing so to me i'm like all right that's totally fine you're still paying 10 percent to a you know a selling body to to take care of it and at the end of the day when you're talking about a card that is one to two bucks why take your time to do it when you know somebody is willing to give you that same service for essentially the same price you would be paying except you're losing your time instead of you know letting somebody else handle it yeah, and, and for those people who aren't familiar, you literally ship ComC all of the cards you want them to list and you pay them 30 cents each and they list them on their site for sale and then they handle everything from there. They handle the transaction. They, of course, move it to the new person's account or ship it to the new person if they request it to be shipped to them. You don't have to deal with any of it. Um, yeah, and so so it, the only thing you have to deal with is you, you have to price the card. And the nice thing is about ComC too, instead of worrying about checking comps and all that and kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, what's my card worth? There's already a bar set. Let's say something as common as a, a Kobe White Prism rookie, right? So those are doing pretty well right now. Uh, you can see on there, like, okay, the lowest one priced right now is at $6.49. Well, I can price mine at 6 bucks, and maybe it'll sell really quick. So you can kind of just gauge a market pretty quickly, get your card up there. And then if somebody wants to offer you 550 and you're willing to take that, you can do that as well. It's basically like listing your stuff on eBay and that buy it now best offer format, except you don't have to worry about shipping it. You don't have to worry about your feedback getting dinged or any of those things. So it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a nice setup for that. And what would you say is the sweet spot for ComC? I, obviously you, just, you were just talking about cards that are a few dollars in value, maybe one that was $10 in value. Do you feel it's in that range? It's like, hey, this is great for cards that are like five bucks, 10 bucks. Yeah, I wouldn't personally, because it does take them a while. I wouldn't send anything. My limit, if I think something is going to be worth $10 or more, I like taking the time on my own because I can get that $10 a lot quicker than having to wait maybe a month or two for ComC to put it on their site. Because then you're also risking a potential value loss in something like that, right? I mean, sure, there's the chance that the card could go up in value in that two months as well but I'd rather just recoup my funds quicker on something that I know is $10 or more. So I like to kind of base it off of that. Sometimes I'll send them something and I'll be like, oh wow, that was worth 20 bucks. I had no idea. So, you know, it's kind of just based on my own personal knowledge of what I think something might be worth. And if it ends up with them and it's worth 20, then it's worth 20. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like I would have sold it for less. So I'm kind of glad it ended up on their end. But I usually set my mark kind of around that $10 mark and then I'll send them anything that's underneath that. And I think that's a good place for people to go because 
again, your time, time is money, right? So to me, you know, 10 or less, let them handle it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I've talked to some other kind of power sellers on ComC. Um, in fact, Dr. James Beckett, uh, the founder of Beckett, uh, is a big fan of ComC and I, I got to have dinner with him recently. And we talked a little bit about ComC and his experience selling on there. Um, and uh, some of these other some of these other sellers who I've talked to said that they think ComC really shines for cards that have a bit of uniqueness to them. So maybe it's not it you know maybe it's not the best place to sell your your standard Prism base rookie card of a basketball player because ComC may already have 50 or 100 of that of that exact card. Now you could undercut the other 50 or 100 and probably sell really quickly as you just gave with your example of Kobe White. But ComC is apparently a really great source to sell cards that are a little bit unique. So whether it's a, a numbered parallel, not a not a real expensive one, um, but you know, it, but a, a one that's not that expensive, but it's it's good for someone who's trying to complete a rainbow. Or whether it's a jersey card or a patch card or an auto that's not a really valuable auto, but nonetheless, it's it's a great place for collectors who are trying to complete a collection of somebody, a, a favorite player they're trying to collect, and they're looking for all kinds of unusual cards of that guy. I actually love that you bring this up because the person I like collect the most is Lance Stevenson. Super obscure player in yes. the scope of the NBA, right? I mean, he, he, he blew, he blew in LeBron James ear, right? That's that Lance Stevenson. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And I'm a big Pacer fan. So Lance is, you know, one of my favorite guys because I kind of like guys who really just don't give a crap about who they're playing against. And I always love that Lance seemed to bother the absolute crud out of LeBron in the playoffs. I mean, and Lance held his own some nights. Some nights he wasn't, but some nights he did. He, most of the time, could irritate LeBron. Now, when he did it to Dwayne Wade, it was a different story. Wade was the type to respond and kind of kill the Pacers in that regard. But I will say that Lance Stevenson's a guy I collect. So every once in a while, maybe I can find one of those cards on there that I am looking for from, you know, a select rainbow or prison rainbow. And, and I'll pay a little bit of a premium knowing like, okay, somebody probably won't ever put a card like this on eBay. So I might as well buy it off here, feel decent about the price and know that I can get that. And you see this happen a lot actually with international players going to ComC. Nicholas Batum, you would never think that guy would sell well, but there is somebody out there. I don't know if they're in France. I don't know where they are but they are buying Nicholas Batum cards at a pretty decent rate. And they're paying, you know, above what I would consider market value for a guy of that nature. So sometimes you would be shocked that, you know, there are guys out there like me who collect Lance Stevenson in the world and aren't just, you know, pouring all their money into the Lucas and Zions. But, you know, we're willing to pay you on the Tom C account because probably not going to find that thing anywhere else. So great information there about ComC, about Facebook. What other alternatives are there? I know you mentioned uh, you actually even tried setting up at some card shows in the past and, and trying to sell your collection that way. So, so when I first decided like, okay, my collection's getting a little out of hand. It was probably around the time I was, I don't know, 13, 12, 13 years old. And I was just like, I got all this stuff. You know, I've got cards like Kobe Bryant rookies, which wish I would have held on to, obviously, you know, just not only because of what happened to him tragically, but also just they went up in a lot of value from when I was a kid, uh, just from the championships and all of those natured things. But I will say, like, back then, I was just like, look, I've got all these cards I don't want. I mostly collect Pacer stuff for myself. That's what I was keeping. I might sell, like, the better stuff on eBay back then, like I had mentioned earlier. 
but it, the stuff that that five to ten dollar stuff, those one to two dollar cards, really started piling up. So I had been going to card shows, and finally I decided, all right, I'll go try this out. As I was kind of there, I started realizing, okay, I'm paying thirty dollars to be here each time. Well, in my head, you know, pretty basic math says if I'm paying thirty dollars for a table. That's like making a three hundred dollar sale on eBay to make this a day worth it. And there were a lot of times I would leave those card shows and I might have 150 bucks in my pocket. Okay, that's 150 more than I came in with, but I still paid $30 for that table. Maybe I should have spent my time elsewhere selling some of those cards. This is about the time I discovered the Beckett message board. I don't know if that thing still exists or not, but it was one of the first places I kind of found on the internet to sell cards. From Beckett, I went to Blowout, and then from Blowout, it's kind of about the time that I realized Facebook was kind of picking up in that regard. So there are other outlets out there that you can find. I think Blowout, actually, people still are making deals on there occasionally. You know, you mentioned your Discord. There's, there's opportunities out there. People will buy your cards if they're priced well at the end of the day. I mean, that's the most important thing. If you put your card up, you know, on Facebook Marketplace and the price is fair, somebody probably will contact you. Uh, you know, people, people are always looking for deals and, and guys who are in this business for, you know, to be a dealer or to be, uh, you know, somebody who's just trying to make that quick buck. They're, they're probably looking at most outlets that they can find stuff. So there's Absolutely. a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, just, just for those who don't know, when you're referring to blowout, you're referring to blowout forums, which is a huge online uh, message board community. Uh, run by Blowout Cards, which is a big online card store. They have Blowout Forums, which is a giant message board. Um, and so that is an opportunity to go in there um, and uh, and participate. I've heard some people recently who are uh, really high on uh, Macari. Have you ever tried that before? I haven't actually heard of that one before, no. Yeah, it's it's an online marketplace. It's a little bit like, you know, it's a little bit like an e eBay kind of meets Instagram uh, where you can you know swipe through listings and that type of thing, but I, I a lot of folks in my Discord are very high on that as a platform to buy and sell sports cars. I mentioned uh, Instagram because that was one that I actually you know uh, had forgot to mention. I've had a lot of success on there with high value cards. So when I do break a box and I hit something big, or you know let's say I, I send something to PSA and it gets a ten, I put it on my Instagram, and I've had a lot of success you know gaining followers on there and then making deals because again. I am somebody who's like, okay, I'm not going to give you the full 13% off of a sale, but I'll give you like maybe 10 and then I'm still making more than I would off eBay. And, and Instagram has been great for that, especially it's all about hashtags. I mean, if you can hashtag right and you can tag the right accounts and kind of just get yourself some exposure, you can, you can make some pretty good deals on there as well. It's great advice. Adam, I appreciate this. This has been great. So tell the audience if they want to follow you, see what cards you have, since you're obviously such an active seller, how would they do that? So, um, you know, I would just look out for my fire sales in NBA hotspot. Again, that's the one I'm probably the most involved with when I do those. So, you know, if you see an Adam Shear, S-H-E-A-R, hotspot fire sale going, know that you're going to find some good deals in there. My Instagram, super easy to remember. I'm literally just Adam's cards, one word. So A-D-A-M-S-C-A-R-D-S. So pretty easy to find me on there and I'm always willing to make a deal. So, uh, yeah, if you see something you like, let me know. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for joining Sports Card Investor, Adam. Really appreciate that.
Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Take care. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Adam. We covered a lot of good ground there. I should mention there's other sites you can sell your cards on as well. We didn't even talk about StockX, uh, but they're a fairly new site in the hobby. Obviously, longtime site in the sneaker world, uh, but they've come into the hobby with a lot of thunder recently. Uh, you've got other sites like thepit.com, and there's a variety of sites out there that you can check out. Uh, but we covered a lot of ground. We've given you a lot of alternatives. And of course, eBay can be a wonderful solution as well. I do a lot of my buying and selling on eBay, but it's great to know that there are so many good alternatives. So definitely go check out some of those Facebook groups that he was talking about. Uh, you know, check out ComC, which is a wonderful site, uh, and some of the various things we talked about in today's episode. And if you're gonna be selling a lot of cards, if you're gonna be buying a lot of cards, if you are approaching the hobby from an investment standpoint, you really need to join my membership program because my membership program gives you access to an amazing group of sports card investors who talk about this stuff every day on my private members-only Facebook group, the private member-only channels on my Discord chat server, uh, there's some great conversation taking place with really experienced investors. I hang out in that Facebook group a lot and that Discord chat server a lot with the other members. You wanna be part of it and you can be part of it. For less than $10 a month, you can join the membership, get access to all of these other sports card investors, as well as a lot of really cool things like my card pick of the week, which has been hot recently. So you want to be getting that information, go to sportscardinvestor.com and click on the membership link in the upper menu bar. Also, please give me a subscribe. If you like the episode and you like this type of content, subscribe on the podcast or subscribe on YouTube. Hit the little bell icon on YouTube. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you back in a few days with my next episode.